Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Laughing Place podcast. My name is Fanboy. I'm here with Alex. Hello. And Kyle. Hello. And for those of you that are longtime listeners, you probably remember Doobie and Rebecca. Moving forward, due to their commitments to Laughing Place, they're not going to be able to join us every week, but they're going to drop by on special occasions, hopefully about once a month or so. So they're, they're not gone. They're definitely not forgotten. But we got feedback from you guys that you wanted the podcast to return, so we decided to bring Kyle on board as we say so long on a regular basis to Doobie and Rebecca, and we hope you enjoy Kyle as much as we do. Thanks. And I, I also want to part of the laughing place. Thank you. We're also trying to figure out the uh, since we live in different states, we can't actually get together in the same room like the old podcast. So we're trying to figure this out. So please bear with us as far as the technical level. <laughs> Yeah, so this is kind of our beta podcast. Um, we we, we want to get things going. As you can hear, Nemo off in the background growling or something. Yeah, so we, we replaced Gideon with uh, with Nemo. Sorry, I'm trying to keep them quiet. <laughs> anyway, they're, 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 and there they go again. Um, so we just want to, you know, we, what we do is we just gather around just a bunch of friends talking Disney and... We talk about movies, theme parks, and beyond. So we hope you have some fun with us as we move forward. So with that being said, it's been a long time since we've done a podcast, and I don't know that it would make a lot of sense to kind of rehash everything that's happened since we did the last one. Can we so we're just get a last pre- episode recap? Previously on LaughingPlace.com podcast. Thank Do you, you even know uh, what it was? I have no <laughs> idea. I'm sure we talked about Disney a little bit. And you probably said, oh, we'll come back next week. And then it's been like a month. That may have been one where we talked just a lot about Wizarding World. Because I think I feel like it was right around the time that that opened at Universal Hollywood. You know, let me see if I can find out. So the last, actually, our last podcast was our Bull Prediction Show. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's been about eight. No, I'm just kidding. Was uh, the last one was on April 1st. It was Jawas and Sunflowers was the title. And what Sunflowers? Flower and Garden? Probably. I don't know. We t- what did we talk about? We talked about the Force Awakens home release. It sounds like we ended on a really low note. Star Wars Rebels. Autopia's new sponsor. Universal Studios, because that's required. Somehow mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles and Ace Ventura. Awesome. The next D23 Expo. And ironically, Disney Premium Experiences. Wow. Some are constant. I want to mention one thing that's definitely changed is The Force Awakens has now been released on home video for a second time. That is an excellent point. So, so we'll do our next podcast show the third time. Well, I hope, hopefully we'll be able to record another show before Rogue One gets its home video release. Maybe. Maybe but even not before the actual movie comes out. Although that would be, Possibly. it'd probably be on the night of. Maybe. <laughs> so, as I said, I don't want to go back through everything that Disney's done since April because I don't remember most of it. But I do want to talk about uh, some current events. And since we're all talking about Rogue One, Alex, you had the chance to go to Skywalker Ranch and Lucasfilm up in the Presidio to get a sneak peek at. Rogue One. I did. Who wants to touch me? I, I do. Thank you for bringing me back a hat. You're welcome. I feel so cool now. It was the least I could do for 1995 plus tax. Wow. 
Well, it's like ten percent tax got, too up there. Yeah. So it, I mean, it was it was an amazing experience. Obviously, as a kid, of, as a, a fan of Star Wars since I was a kid, getting to go to Skywalker Ranch was like I don't know, second to visiting the Disney Studios in Burbank, both which are amazing experiences. It was nighttime, and I will say I wasn't exactly allowed um, unprecedented access. I basically got to see their theater and their atrium and the gift shop. Um, but it was a really cool experience. Uh, I got to see 28 minutes of Rogue One. It looks amazing. Uh, one of the things that really kind of struck me was just how far they've gone to make it look like the original uh, A New Hope, 1977, um, and the despecialized the edition at that. Like, it just looks so um, amazing. And uh, during the press conference, too, the director, Gareth Edwards, uh, really talked about how important it was for him to, that this film look like it could have been made uh, 40 years ago. So it's 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 amazing. I'm really excited for it. I think I'm more excited based on what I've seen now um, than I was for The Force Awakens. Uh, and it looks like it might even end up being a more solid film just because as good as Force Awakens is, there's some criticisms you can give it, especially the fact that it's practically a remake of A New Hope, although a very good one at that. Um and then I also got to visit uh, Lucasfilm in the Presidio in San Francisco, uh, which really has some uh, amazing stuff to see. It's so bizarre as you're walking through the halls that you'll turn a corner and there is a Velociraptor uh, model from Jurassic Park, the one that was sculpted and scanned into the computers, just sitting out there in the open air, no glass case around it. Anyone can walk up and touch it. Um, and tons of stuff like that. They had uh, Slimer from Ghostbusters, basically if ILM, uh, had anything to do with a movie, they have a proper and artifact from it, including Disney's The Lone Ranger, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, Captain EO, um, all these crazy uh, Lucasfilm slash ILM Disney collaborations. So, but what, what did you think about the movie? I mean, yeah. like, like, give us, you saw it, what, 28 minutes? I did. Do you want spoilers cause... i don't want spoilers but okay. like like i mean you talked about how what it looked like and but what did it feel like like there's been a lot of talk that these anthology films or star wars stories are you know supposed to be able to take star wars in different directions yeah which, i mean it know... felt it felt a little grittier uh, a little more like <sighs> a war film sorry for the dog noises um a little more like a, a a war movie than probably any star wars film has before um which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing but at the same time it still had kind of the witty witty banter while they're um on the battlefield uh it still had some comedic moments alan tudyk plays um this droid uh i think it's k2so is his name um and he has a really um, fun sense of dry humor as well. Sorry for the dog. They're trying to fight. Um, so, I mean, it's, 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 I love it. I'm, I'm a fan already and I've only seen 28 minutes and I have a feeling that the other uh, 92 minutes are just as good as what I saw. I feel like I've seen 28 minutes because once or twice a week they're like, hey, can you post this new clip we just released? I'm like, calm down. <laughs> like, it was so funny. Like three weeks away. It was funny watching the uh, the Epcot live uh, blog, the Disney blog uh, thing they have, or not Disney blog, Disney Parks blog, um, where they turned Spaceship Earth into the uh, Death Star. 
because at the beginning the MC is like, you guys are the first to see this. And then as I, I thought in my head, I bet I've seen it. And then sure enough, they didn't show anything that I hadn't already seen. Yeah. They do that a lot. Like at the, uh, at the Disney races, like the Avengers ones are like, Oh, you guys are going to get a sneak peek at this movie. And then it's just the regular trailer. I'm like, come on. Why, why do you got to lie to us? Exclusive. So going back to 1977, did mm-hmm. you know that The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh was released in 1977? As was Rescuers, right? As was... Don't sh- I thought they shared a release year. Um, I feel like the Rescuers yeah, were released in 1977. Yes. Yeah. As well as A Tale of Two Critters. Yes, which is going to be on the new... The next TCM, Treasures from the Disney Vault. I've never seen it, and I'm, I actually hadn't even heard of it until I saw it on that list, so that was cool. Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, by far not the apex of Herbie's career. That might be actually below Herbie Fully Loaded in terms of quality of Herbie films. Candle Shoe. That's a good one. Pete's Dragon. Yes! Also, uh, the Christian Broadcasting Network was founded, which would eventually transform after about 18 name changes. To Freeform! To, to Freeform, Absolutely. I wonder and how Christians feel about the content now. Sp- Space Mountain opened. Woohoo! At Disneyland Park, which I think back then was just called Disneyland. And most importantly, on April 26th, Jason Earls was born. No way. He's that old? Yeah. Dang. Is he still on a Disney XD series, by the way? I don't think he is. He was on Kicking It, but I think Kicking It finally ended. Um, oh no! Uh, but he is on Best Friends Whenever. Oh my gosh! So he's come back to Disney Channel. Yeah, is I'm he playing to... like a an adult figure, or is he playing one of the best friends? I think he's just play. He played a guest star. Oh okay. I don't but think did he guess, regular. Did he guest star as a teenager or an adult? Is what I really want to know. I think he was like in in kicking it. He was like he was an adult, but he was kind of like a man child adult. Yeah, well, he is a man-child human, so... Yeah, so... What was his role in kicking it? Was he, like, the like they're, karate... He was, like, say, the head of the dojo. Okay. Yeah. I was on kicking it. He will, always, he will always be Hannah Montana's older, slightly older, but actually way older brother. Yeah, I didn't watch any of those shows, so... <laughs> you missed out. I don't think I did. She was just being <laughs> Miley. I was into, I liked um, even Stevens and Lizzie. Yes. Didn't, yes. I know Marshall's going to freak out, but I didn't watch uh, That's So Raven. Or maybe right. if I saw it, didn't care for it. And never got into Hannah Montana. None of the high school What about Dog with a Blog? That's my favorite. Never saw Dog with a Blog. Oh, you're missed out. There's I, an episode where the mom goes to the dog groomer and she doesn't realize it's a dog groomer and she demands that they take care of her. And so she ends up with a doggy haircut. Every time I find ben Fanboy in uh, Giggle Fits, he's usually thinking about that scene. Ooh, I so skipped funny. straight from Lizzie McGuire to Girl Meets World, so... Oh, wow, you missed a lot. You never saw Wizards? No. I mean, yeah. I've seen clips because my friend was on it, but other than that, no. Well. I had no friends on it, and I watched. <laughs> so, let's talk about sort of the Disney Parks topic of the week. Upcharges. Yeah. So recently, our own Jeremiah experienced Tiana's 
ice cream social on the riverboat thing. Then... I like ice cream. I like riverboats. Go on. He also experienced the monorail dining around the... Highway in the sky, dining around. But does that count? Because that's not really a... I like dining. That's not the theme park thing, though. It's a little different, in my opinion. No, it's not a theme park thing, but it's still, like, part of that whole thing. And the funniest part to me is the monorail did go down. Well, yeah, Um, we we anticipated that. As is guaranteed to happen. When they announced it, Tickets went on sale this week at Disneyland for the Main Street Electrical Parade party, as well as the special Tower of Terror party, all in the month of January. And so... What do you guys think? Are the, and, and I mean, and let's not forget the recently announced cabanas, the backstage bus thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, I put you those in a park. separate class. Like the, this is a conversation I was having with with Doobie is that you know some of these things are actual like events, especially like the highway and the sky dine around thing, where they're actually offering you a special experience or service. Um, whereas the cabanas and the uh, private bus service are you know, more just VIP perks, not really an event per se. Okay, I agree. So let, let's take them all one by one because you can't just say all of these are awful or all these are great because they're all different. Yeah. So so let's let's kind of go as far as I can tell in order. Let's start with the cabanas. Okay. Cabanas. The with the cabanas what is are... the look. The biggest well, problem the problem is with cabanas is they're supposed to be by a pool or a beach. Right. Well, so I don't even think they're... I think they're just using the word cabana, but really it's a private lounge, which they've had private lounges before, and now they're just in big, ugly tents for some reason. So that's the problem mm-hmm. with them. Well, yeah. so here's here's what you get for $650. A shaded space within the park. Noticeably, it doesn't say air-conditioned. Ooh. A lockable storage trunk. Ooh. Charging stations. Yay! Personalized mouse, Mickey ears. Meh. Access to sunscreen, hand sanitizer, and insect repellent. Which I, I can get that access. anywhere in Fantasyland. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can get all of those things for free if you know where to go. Small refrigerator. Mm. Water and soft drinks. Prepackaged snacks. One fruit basket. A one-time delivery of ice cream novelties and desserts. One and time? And a dining menu. No, I need unlimited Mickey premium bars, and I need them delivered to me wherever I am in the park, not just at my cabana. If so, I'm in line at Splash Mountain, I want someone coming through the line with my Mickey premium bar for me. So here's – I have two concerns with it. Not concerns, but I have two issues. One is what I think is, makes it bad, and one, I just don't understand the product. Mm-hmm. So first of all, they're as Kyle said, they're ugly. They're tense. They look like they should be doing a radio remote in these things. I mean, and maybe they're just testing it out before they built a permanent structure or who knows what, but they are, they're ugly and Mm. they they distract from the show for the day guests. So where, where are they in the park? Because I obviously haven't been since the, they're by Space Mountain. Yeah. They're kind of on the Holland Expressway back there. So they're in, wait, so you have to go through a smoking area to get to these things? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, because last time I was there, like, Magic Kingdom moved their Tomorrowland smoking area away from what became, like, the busiest bathrooms in the park to um, that walkway. But it's in, like, at the ends of the walkway, I felt like. could have moved it again. There's a a smoking area. Or did they? They they could have. I'm just saying, like, they move smoking sections so often now. That's true. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if, like, people are sitting in their cabanas and then all of a sudden they get... 
the down breeze from the smoking section. I'm guessing that they they might not be right there where the smoking is happening. It might be more on the Tomorrowland side. Do they have a TV in the cabanas? No TV. What? So, and th- this kind of goes to my other thing. So, $650, fair enough. Some people have money to burn, and that's fine. But yeah, but here, so here's my take: is I feel like if you're at that level of vacation where like an extra six hundred dollars a day in the park doesn't make a difference to your bank account, then you're probably staying at one of Disney's most premium resorts. Uh, and if that's the case, odds are you're on the monorail line. If not the Magic Kingdom, then you're you're over behind Epcot. And if you're at the three Magic Kingdom monorail line resorts, it's so easy to just go back to your air-conditioned room. So who are they really selling this to? Well, and that's like, the thing. I don't understand. Because it's not like you're at the beach where you're just going to relax. Right. Like you're going to want to go on attractions and things. So it's not just like a rest. I mean, I get having like a respite. and But I would just book a nice din- lunch or something and maybe a dinner. Right. I don't understand. Or I just wipe my butt with money. Because I don't understand wanting to go all the way to Tomorrowland, which is not even in the middle of the park. It's kind of out of the way. Yeah. To to sit there, it's not even air conditioned. Like I don't understand with, like, what I'm getting out of it. Does it come with bonus fast passes or anything? No. I think of it as like if you had a big group, like a big family reunion. So you're gonna have people that are gonna get tired at different times, and you know, even if you are staying on the monorail line, going through security and everything and getting out, it's gonna take. Sometime, unless you have the no, the bus pass <laughs> to, to go to the next part. But, and then I figure... Grandma at Carousel of Progress and Hall of Presidents. You don't have to buy your <laughs> It does come with reserve viewing for parades and fireworks, but it accommodates up to eight people. So I don't know that you can, if you have more than that. Like, is it eight well, I was thinking, time? you know, eight people. That I mean, I'm, yeah, I guess that's not a huge now, amount who, of people, but I can still who fix monitors? eight people. Who monitors your cabana? Like, what is the labor like on this? Like, how many cast members do they need designated to your cabanas throughout the I day? I don't know how many they have, but the Tomorrowland cast members, operations cast members, are the ones managing it. So you are not getting a... So basically you're getting a cast member trained to uh, load you and push your button on Space Mountain uh, and not someone with, like, hotel concierge-level knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they selected um amongst like the best of the Tomorrowland cast members, or you know, I mean, I, I can only say what department they're in. I can't speak to their training. Yeah. Um, well, but... we had joked that it'd actually be better if you had more privacy in these sort of things for you know reasons. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Best to move along. So <laughs> let's talk about let's talk well, about this magic this bus to. This, what, I guess, park hopping bus thing. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is actually my favorite one. Really? I think this sounds like a cool idea. I don't know about a cool I idea, will say when it's I, something I might do. When I read about it, like, in January, I am going to be on the ground in Orlando for, like, 50 hours of awake time. And with my annual pass, I will probably have, like, a day in the parks. And so I guess I just need to evaluate how much time am I really saving by utilizing this bus service, but if it's that much quicker, um, in terms of like I don't have to go through bag check again, and I'm gonna hit, I would probably, it, in my opinion, I would have to hit like three parks or more to make it worthwhile for me. Um, but if that's the case, I don't see too big of a problem paying. What is it, twenty five bucks? Fifteen, I thought. 
15? It's 15 okay. and 24 for multi-day. That's not bad. So 15 is fine. That's where I got the 25 bucks. Was yeah, it's 15 per person, but if you have a multi-day ticket, it is $24. If you have an annual pass, then you, you have to pay 15 You can't pay $24 for the whole year. Rats. Um, <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. So, yeah, I mean, I would I would actually consider doing the fifteen dollars for you know a day like that. Oh, like, wait, I'm sorry, I'm I'm wrong. It's oh. fifteen. The annual pass holders can purchase the multi day for twenty four dollars, and it's good for seven days. Okay, so you can get a week's worth. That's a good value. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see that actually being fairly well received. Um, I do agree with the criticisms that, like, you know, backstage is backstage and shouldn't ever be on stage um, unless it's, like, a safety issue or, you know, the parade's coming down and you're really trying to funnel that many people into the park. But um, Or you're giving tours of the tunnels. Or tours, yeah, tours or whatever. Like, you paid for that. And maybe that's what people will do. Maybe there's some people who will be, like, in such wonder and awe of a backstage parking lot and the backside of Main Street that they will... Uh, pay this for that. I gotta say something about this tunnel tour thing. Mm -hmm. If you think that the tunnel parts that the backstage tours go is typical of the tunnel experience, you Mm -hmm. are wrong. They have niced up one section of the tunnel that they take you to, and the rest of it is like your the grossest basement you've ever seen <laughs> with garbage dumps down there. Yeah, see, I know that, but I was trying to win an argument with Doobie, so I had to throw it in there. Mm, I see. But, so I did read your piece. Here's my thing. Like, first of all, I do have a problem with the backstage part of it. I I, I don't think that should be a normal part of operation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if it's a special event or, you know, there's it's New Year's Eve and it's a one time thing. Well, and I feel like I feel like they they're doing it backstage just so they don't have to add the extra like headcount or something or bother security with like a skip security pass that can then be. You know, somebody, if they really wanted to, if you do something like that, if you give people like a skip security pass and just take them to the front of the park to skip the bag check, um, then there's nothing to stop them if they really intend to do harm. From No, I, w- I wouldn't do that either. So I don't I know also, what else. I also have do, issue with some of the locations because a lot like Epcot, the bus picks you up at Spaceship Earth. If that's not the part of Epcot where I need the service, I need it over by American Adventure or Frozen or something. Yeah, like that. it's true. And I just don't see myself park hopping all that much. Well, that was what I was going to say is the new fast pass system. And I know it's improved a little bit and you now have a little more flexibility, but the fast pass system is still not designed to plan your trip in advance with park hopping in mind. I'm really, I really would love to see numbers of what has happened to the park hopper add on since the new uh, fast pass plus, because even still, like if I'm planning my day, I have to use three fast passes at the first park I visit in order to get more fast passes at another park. I can't plan my day with like Space Mountain and Splash Mountain, but then Everest in in my pre-planning. I have to pick a third thing at Magic Kingdom. Then I can see if Everest is still available, which guess what? It won't be. Um, and so that's what's that's what's dumb about the whole concept. Now they're trying to, you know, add another service that encourages you to park hop, but their fast pass system is intrinsically designed to make park hopping not worth your while. Well, see, for me, I mean, this actually makes sense for the way I do the parks. Because normally if I'm going to go, um, or as of late, you know, I'm only going to go for one or two days. So actually mm-hmm. saving that time would be pretty good. Because, I mean, as of now, I usually skip Animal Kingdom if I only have one day. So I'll start at 
Epcot. I'll walk over to Hollywood Studios and then eventually make my way over to Magic Kingdom since they're open the latest. But if Mm -hmm. I could, you know, hop on the bus, then I would probably add Animal Kingdom and, you know, just book Fast Passes on the fly. The other thing, too, is at least on my last visit, I found that Uber is very easy to use. I um, think that's probably what they're combating. On Disney property, yeah. And so, like, for me... um, you know, if I'm not going, if I'm not going to more than like three parks a day, like I said, it would be much cheaper to do Uber. It would be like $5 to get from one park to the other on Uber if I really don't have the time to wait for the next uh, Disney bus. Right. But on the right day, I, I mean, the bag check could be a big issue depending on what time of year you're going. But then again, yeah. the, the, bu- the problem with the buses that I see is that they're only going to run every half hour. So I don't know if they're going to do it like every half hour on the half hour so you know... That's the thing is like, I want to, if I'm buying it, I want to schedule. I want to know that I just, you know, I have time to go get Starbucks and then go and wait for the bus. Or do I have to go and wait and wait and wait for the bus? Cause I have no clue when it's coming. Right. Like it should be to me, it should be on a schedule, but I feel like it's not on a schedule, uh, to benefit Disney. So they don't have to adhere to that. They can just say, Oh, every 20 minutes. But if you wait a little bit longer, they can say, Oh, they're just, you know, they will be here soon. It'll be here. I, when ima- here. I imagine that it won't be on a schedule. But they will be able to say it will be about Dory, 20 no. minutes or something because they'll know they'll be Dory, no. they'll be uh, they'll they'll know when the last bus was there because someone's going to have to be there because you're backstage they can't just have you running around back there. Well, you check mm-hmm. in at the kiosk, so I imagine that they're going to have you just hang out on stage until they're actually ready to walk you to the bus. Yeah, right, but I think... say, otherwise they'll have to like staff security to just hang out with the bus people. <laughs> Have we sent Jeremiah to do this yet, or has it started yet? Has it started yet? That's a good question. Let me... Dory, no. I feel like it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, I feel like it should have started, but I don't know that we've sent him to do it. But we probably should. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll chip in the $15. <laughs> right. Uh, what? Where? Uh... Well, while you're looking that up, I just oh, wanted it, to... It, is, um, it starts actually started today. Well, there you go. So now, do you think they're going to use those those new fancy buses for this? Uh, oh, the there? ones from the expo. Yeah, well, from uh, Destination D. Oh yeah, sorry, uh, probably not, because okay. those have not been approved yet. Hmm. Then those are fun. Another one would be uh, so I would say that the that those are kind of guest service offerings, right? Like, they're not events. Yeah, I kind of called them the unbundling of VIP services. Things that you previously had to pay a bunch for, and now they're kind of like, okay, well, you could do this, and you can do this if you want. So, let's talk about like an actual add-on event. And we'll start with the Tiana's um, what is it called? Uh, River Party and Ice Cream Social. So you get to go on the riverboat, meet Tiana and Naveen. There's ice cream, and I'm not you social. See, ice cream. You get to see the Festival of Fantasy Parade. Well, actually, you know, if what was funny, I didn't even really think about it until I read Jeremiah's Wait, piece. Is, is that it? you meet them ahead of time, and then they go to the they is are it? in the parade, and then they come and join you on the show. You actually yeah, back up and pick them up. Oh, you do it's the same characters, or they just... I mean, that's that's what it said. But yeah, they Jeremiah said that they you 
you know, you leave the dock and are actually watching from, you know, the middle of the water, and then you actually go backwards and go back to the dock to pick up the characters to come aboard with you before you go around the the river. Interesting. <laughs> I was I was just about to say, like, I thought Tiana and Naveen were in the in the show. Do they bring Louis on the boat? No, unfortunately. Well, Which that's... is a total missed opportunity. Definitely, because they don't put him out for meet and greets. They haven't really since the movie came out. Well, and since the incident. Well, he is now in the castle show. I didn't right. know that, but they yeah, put they him added back him in. a couple months after or whatever, or maybe yeah. a month after. So that that weird spot where Tiana just like sat there smiling awkwardly, tapping, shaking a tambourine. Now there's somebody there doing something. <laughs> so I, here's my issue with it: is I don't mind it as a principal thing, but. I don't love the fact that they closed the riverboat. So here's what I'm curious to know, because you know, obviously I, I do appreciate the river riverboat, and it's a huge part of, of Disney Park culture, uh, or at least American Disney Park culture. But um, I want to know, like, what the numbers of the number of guests that would have experienced the riverboat during that time on an average day, like how many. How many people are they actually displacing? Because when I go on the riverboat, um, and I'm usually going probably midday anyway around that time, not that I've ever like in- intentionally planned to watch the parade from there, um, I I feel like it's me and like maybe 20 to 30 guests tops, and that thing leaves once every 30 minutes. I would think that the riverboat is, would have been the most popular right after the day parade. At, oh, of of the day, like the most number of guests would. Yeah, right. that makes sense. Just because you're turning all these people around. Although, for all I know, they all just go to Haunted Mansion because that's like just around the corner then too. But I mean, it, it's it's not so much that they're just play. It's a attraction. It's not you're taking it out of service for well, let's say an hour. Th- is it is it timed right though? Is it timed right to leave very shortly after the parade passes Liberty Square? Because the parade starts at 3 o'clock in Frontierland, and the riverboat would have left at 3 o'clock because it leaves on the hour and a half hour. And it's not leaving again until 3.30. So I don't know that that theory is necessarily correct. Well, let's say... Let's every, say the crowds would have dispersed by, by like, 3.15 when the parade is winding down at... Um, at Liberty Square, and then at that point, the riverboat is only halfway around its its track. Well, they but don't they have to wait to get Naveen and yeah. Tiana? No, but but you're assuming it's the same Naveen and Tiana from the parade. My well, assumption saying... is once the parade is out of sight from Liberty Square, Naveen and Tiana come. But, <laughs> to but join if you're you. if you're on the river on the top floor of the riverboat, is there ever out of sight? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You can't see, you can't see, um, like, basically, once the parade is out of the, um, the hub, you can't see it from the top. Oh, of the uh, no, okay. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking the parade's going the other way. But yeah, yeah. so, so yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it does, it won't take the whole parade length. So yeah. maybe it does work out. But then at the same time, then how long does it take to kind of de I'm guessing, I'm guessing the biggest issue right now is, is, of their operation is getting Naveen and Tiana to the riverboat without being like assaulted by all the guests running after them, assuming they're going to stop somewhere and form a line and then being told, no, you can't actually meet them. So what you have any thoughts, Kyle? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm fine with it. Cause like Alex was saying, I don't think it's that 
big of a draw. And if anything, maybe it's helping keep, you know, monetize that attraction so it can stay alive. Um, it, it's not the most nice egregious to me. <laughs> and then finally, we have the Highway in the Sky Progressive Dinner. So you start, it's, I forget how much it costs. I feel like it was like a hundred. I think it was one twenty-five, one fifty, somewhere in there. Yeah. And so you start at the wave with a little reception, and you know, in a moose bouche, hop on the monorail, go to the um, poly, have sort of appetite, more appetizers at Trader Sam's and drinks. Go on to Citrus. Do they have the- to close down Trader Sam's for this? I'm not sure. It is tra- Trader Sam's. Okay. Uh, I, I was going to say, Kona Cafe seems more logistical. Yeah, I just think that, I mean, I'm just going back through our Twitter. He wrote a piece he, on it, but we haven't published it yet, so it's harder for me to get to. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to do the same uh, thing. It is 150 plus tax, by the way. But, I mean, it includes alcohol, right? And valet parking. Lots of alcohol from what I was reading. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then they want you to drive? No, they, <laughs> no, want, they want you to take this to the monorail. <laughs> Hey, by the way, can we talk about real quick how there's that TV commercial for Walt Disney World where the family is checking in and they're like, oh, and the lady checking them in goes, oh, is there any extra magic I can add for you? And the boy's like, ooh, I want to ride the monorail. Like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) That's what you (laughs) want to do. Well, that actually, like, it, it, um, to me, felt like a nod to Tiny Toon Adventures, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. Have you ever seen it? I have, but it's been several years. So Plucky Duck, years. <laughs> Plucky Duck is on a road trip with, uh, uh, what's his name, Porky Pig's child equivalent. Um, and the, he's dreaming of going to Happy World Land, which is like a total Disney World ripoff. And they get there, and all they do is ride the monorail, and then they go home. <laughs> and it was perfect, because it was the only thing that was free. And, uh, yeah. But I, I, I will say, like, when I worked at Magic Kingdom at the main entrance, I can't tell you how many people, like, came to the park by bus um, and then said, how much is it to ride the monorail? And like that was what they really wanted to do and didn't realize that you can just go get on, do a grand circle, and come back. Yeah, that, that makes me laugh every time. I'm like, why does she need to work her magic for that? Well, yeah, that, that whole commercial um, makes me laugh too because anybody who's ever been knows that that's not really your check-in experience. I mean, not that... Not that there's anything wrong with the check-in cast members, but, like, nobody's going to that level. There's a line behind you. They're just trying to get you in and out. And they've usually just dealt with somebody uh, complaining about the location of their room. And if it wasn't before you, it might even be you. And then, <laughs> um, you know, they're just they're just faking that smile from then on. So, Hampton is the name of the pig on Tiny Toons, by the way. Yes, Hampton Pig. Thank you. I actually was... I used to love Tiny Toon Adventures. Like, I had the video game, the NES game, and everything. Oh, yes, that game was amazing. But then I saw... Have you ever seen the band episode, the Just One Beer or whatever? One Beer, I think it's called, where they get drunk? I don't think so. Yeah, there's an episode, and it aired on Nickelodeon, because I definitely saw it, where they get drunk, and it scarred me, and I refused to watch it after that. How'd you feel about Dumbo? Oh, I didn't like Dumbo either. I didn't like uh, Pleasure Island and <laughs> Pinocchio. I ran out of the room. Yeah, you're not a fan of debauchery, I guess is what you're trying to say. I guess not. No, all sorts of. Uh, I don't drink and I don't smoke, and I attribute it to I don't know if it was because of Disney films and uh, Tiny Toons, or I, uh, or if not liking those was a symptom of it. But 
You're just like Sandra D. I know. So basically you're saying that everyone should watch that episode so they don't drink and do drugs and all that stuff. Yeah, I think you can find it on YouTube, but I believe it's since been, I think it only aired a few times or whatever. And oh, wow. People complain. Contraband tiny tunes. Too much. Because they die. <laughs> they, they get like drunk drive and die. Wow. Wow. That sounds more Ren and Stimpy territory to me. Did, did, so did we end up finding out where they were at Polly? I'm having issues. Oh, no, I didn't find out. <laughs> well, they're somewhere at Polly. I'm guessing it's not Ohana's. But I would also, I would be really shocked if they are occupying space at Trader Sam's just because Trader Sam's is so hard to get into already. Right, and well, then it, was, it sounds like it's just, of- you know, like hors d'oeuvres. So it's not even like they really need seating. It's more of like a mingling thing. So like they could still, really just take if up you're paying. If you're paying this much money, like like if I was paying this much money and they took me to the outdoor patio of Trader Sam's, I would be like, no, I paid this much money. Take me in. Let me see this thing. You know? Yeah. I'm guessing it's Kona Cafe. Or it'd be really funny if they like are using Tongaroa Terrace, which has not been in use like for non-convention or wedding business in like 20 years. Yeah. So, so Apolly, they end up going to the t- Tahitian, the the terrace of Trader Sam's, the outdoor portion, and they have more appetizers or whatnot. Okay. Then hop back on the monorail, have their entrees at Citrico's, and then schedule to hop back on the monorail. But because the monorail is down, they took a boat to um, the, back to the Contemporary, where they go to the fourth floor, have a dessert party, and wash. Watch Wishes, a magical gathering of Disney dreams. You know, like, From the fourth floor? Yes. One thing Where, I will what, say about these... Are, isn't it guest rooms on the fourth floor? No, that's the concourse. So if you go on the... Oh, not okay. the Mickey side, but the other side. In both of the events that we've just talked about, that Jeremiah went on, they had contingency plans in place, which I think is probably a good idea. And the first one... Instead of checking in at the dock where they were supposed to, they checked in at uh, Harbor House because it was raining for the Tiana thing. And then mm. for this, obviously, the monorail went down, so they took a boat, a private boat. Yeah, and Jeremiah seemed to say that it was sort of seamless. It wasn't like Yeah, he didn't even realize. Crazy. If you follow our tweets, like he's just like, oh, they, they just said this was the fastest way. And it's like, yeah, that's because the monorail <laughs> is probably down, which I joked about when we when they first announced that. I was like, oh, yeah, I heard they're going to be serving only cold dishes since you'll probably be stuck on the monorail. <laughs> <laughs> I want like actual dining on the monorail. Now, do they have do they have cars reserved and does everybody yeah. booking get a seat? Yeah, he said there was about 30 people. And so, okay. um, well, I don't know if everyone gets a seat, but it looks like they had the first car in the monorail reserved for when they needed to hop. Okay. Yeah, it appears that they had a reserved car, but definitely not everyone got a seat. No. Okay, but and there was an was e- fit comfortable. There was a guest using an ECV, which I don't think helped the sort of space on the car itself. Yeah, but what are they going to do when a whole family comes in an ECV? I don't know. Um, when I saw the headline for the event, I did think that they were dining on the monorail at first. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's what I was going to say. I kind of expected like at least like champagne flights and uh, little finger food while you're in the compartment. Like, yeah, and we... all the money goes towards fixing the damn things. <laughs> no, all the money I'm sure goes to the individual restaurants that you're stopping at and occupying space of. I'm curious, like if this is going to only be like a. Well, actually, are they booking this through, like, the Christmas holidays? 
Um, it's yeah, it's taking actually a break. booked up all the way to March. Okay. Well, it's, it's taking a break from... From okay, it's only two days a week. I was curious, like, would they would they operate this like on Christmas Eve when all restaurants at Disney World are booked to capacity, mm-hmm. and then this thing is occupying you know profitable space at all these restaurants? I'll have to check what it was, but I know that they were taking a break. I think it was I want to say like the 18th through the through January something. But um... okay, that makes that makes sense. That's good to know. So yeah, I yeah. mean this. Then this, I, I don't have any like inherent problem with this. I don't actually think it appeals to me all that much. Um, but you know, if it's if it's stimulating these restaurants that you otherwise wouldn't have visited, um, then I don't see a problem. Oh, with that, that, it's, uh, it's taking a break from the twenty third to the thirty first. So the okay. exact week. Um, from what I've heard from people though that have done something similar like on their own that mm-hmm. you're going to be paying about this much on like even if it wasn't for the event for for half yeah. the amount, not half the amount of food but you know so it's actually pretty well priced in terms of what you're getting and there's not really much of a yeah you know, upcharge because with the exception of Trader Sam's I mean all of these are um are not cheap well the wave's not Exactly expensive, but Citricos main course definitely is. That can easily put you in the like sixty to seventy dollar range right there. And then when you add in all the drinks and or right, beers, and I mean if you compare it to what a dessert party like the uh, the ones on the ferries, yeah, cost. Yeah, and I think if you look at it from what would a premium dining experience cost. And you get, you know, because the alcohol is included, which adds, which is why I might not, you know, it doesn't necessarily appeal to me because I don't drink, but, you know, it's a premium experience. It includes the valet parking, so you don't have to deal with that. And where is your valet parking at, by the way? At the Contemporary. Okay. So, I think I think it's a fair deal. Um, and I have zero problem with it because the operational impact is minimal. The other thing, too, before- is that... At events like this, you probably don't usually tip anybody, right? So, like, tip is bundled into your 150 Yeah, because I don't think you're ever having someone actually wait on you. It's mostly, I th- from the impression I got, is that, you know, even if you're sitting down, it's already, it's, you know, a group mm-hmm. of servers and courses are prefixed, so you're not, like, you know, ordering things. Yeah. So, like, your gratuity is probably essentially packaged into this. Hundred and fifty dollar price as well. So yeah, I think I think it's a it's a, this one I have out of all of them. This is the one that I think is like the least controversial. It's not yeah. gouging. It's not um, taking away from a normal guest experience. It's not providing something that it has any controversy. I think this one is by far, without question, the least controversial of all of these things that we've talked about, or quite frankly, all of the ones that have been announced. And my whole my whole stance really on on all of these is, um, you know, you look at that. What was that after hours event called? That I think it was just called so, after hours. <laughs> it was yeah. called like after hours magic or after hours magic. Like you look at that, and like people were so upset about it, and it wasn't successful, and it ended like just as quickly as it began. And I was excited um, about that. I totally would have done that. I actually probably would have too, and I, I did do the early morning magic, which I guess they've now extended to Hollywood Studios, and I actually really liked that experience, which honestly, when you compare it to the price of like, if you were going to do Cinderella Castle breakfast, um, was not that much more for the 90 minutes of like, no lines on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Peter Pan Flight, and 
even the breakfast, despite the fact that your ambiance was Pinocchio's Village House, the food quality was fantastic at that. Like, best sausage I've ever had in my life. I still dream about it. <laughs> uh, does say gratuity is included. Just There you go. Why? Yeah. So, I mean, so, it, obviously, it's more expensive than you, like, as, you know, if you were going out on a date night. This is probably more than your your meal individually would be at, like, Citricos. But, um, you know, you couldn't do all the other things. And good luck lining up that. those ADRs. Right. So... So I mean, obviously, there's more of these. There's some happening at Disneyland, but I don't. I don't want to spend too much time on it. However, Kyle, sir, I was just on LaughingPlace.com, not part of the Go Network, <laughs> and I saw that the dwindling Go Network, the 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 dwindle. What does where does Go dot even Go dot com even take you these days? I don't know, but didn't ESPN finally drop it? Is that something? We yeah, haven't... and I think Disney dropped it too. So it's just. Some of them, just, some Disney have. I think Disneyland still directs you to Disneyland. Uh, yeah, I just meant Disney.com. Right. It it just sort of takes you to a, a weird version of it's an ugly website. Um, in any case, I saw five rejected Disney Park upcharge ideas. Yeah. We, we, uh, we decided to brainstorm some of our own ideas and present them to Disney management. And unfortunately, they didn't accept any of them, but... I thought they were pretty fun. Do you want me to read quickly what they are? Yeah, I think I think I think people want to know. So my first one that we came up with was, you know, people are always talking about how they want the people mover back. Like, obviously, who doesn't in Disneyland? I want you back. <laughs> so I know that you know it's probably a big, intensive deal to try to you know, put the cars up there and actually get it working and everything. So instead what they could do is just take the cars and then just have someone on the back kind of like rowing them like a gondola, just moving you along the track. And then they can serenade you kind of like you're in Venice. Moving so, right along. Figure since you're going to be on a slow move, you know, obviously all these, not all of these, but several of these packages involve desserts and wine, especially, I mean, special treat, getting to drink in Disneyland when you're not in Club 33. So you put that all together with a special pin to show off that you got to do the special event, and that was our, our first pitch for about $250 per guest, we estimated. Ooh. And then... Sounds uh, lovely. Yeah, this the next one's not as lovely. Um... The other one is uh, Walt Disney World Premium Potty Pass, Ooh. where for $45 a day, you get premium access to one special restroom in each of the four parks, which is not only soundproof, but it also has customizable, <laughs> <laughs> customizable aromas that you can set to your liking, extra soft two-ply toilet paper, and... Disney publications that you get to take with you <laughs> as a gift. Wow. And, uh, can, I, can I add an Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, uh, if you're a big spender and need it, um, there's also a special bidet set up in the France Pavilion that you can pay an extra $25 for a uh, single use there. Oh, my gosh. Uh, personal anecdote. I was talking to my mom today about this Cirque du Soleil uh, Mexican-inspired show that's traveling the country. And... Uh, she was talking about how they have a like VIP package that you can add onto your ticket, um, which gets you like basically coat check and a private bathroom, so you don't have to wait in the big line at intermission. And 
that does was he like, even have an intermission like Lanuba doesn't or maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't Cirque maybe it was like a, a Broadway show or something but that was like basically you pay extra money to then get to urinate during the intermission without having to wait in line <laughs> and possibly miss the beginning of Act Two um, not a bad idea and yeah this this might not be that bad either I liked the uh, the upcharge bidet concept as well you when I was like clean as you parade around World Showcase I mean it gets hot in uh, that Florida <laughs> sun too you don't want you know swamp going on there um when i was about i was like 12 or 13 we went to a, a warp tour in uh phoenix and one of the local radio stations had like a prize wheel you know so most of the time you're gonna win like a keychain or something but one of the prizes on the wheel was pri- you got a pass to use their uh private porta potty for the rest of the day and my dad actually <laughs> won that so wow yeah um, so the next uh, one of our ideas was, you know, we were talking about parade viewing and fireworks dessert parties are a big thing. So we decided a new venue for fireworks viewing would be the Omnibus. First, you get a meet and greet with the mayor of Main Street, and then you get to ride the Omnibus. <laughs> yeah, you get to ride the Omnibus to watch Wishes, and then afterwards, you return <laughs> to Town Square. And for the uh, honk goodnight, as we called it, the uh, you get a lithograph of the omnibus with uh, the signature of Bob Gurr. It doesn't say it's signed by Bob Gurr, but it has his signature. Amazing! I uh, I love the omnibus. I would not want to stand behind it during the fireworks, but the next one might out. be my favorite. And this one was uh, totally fanboy that came up with this. Um, it's called the Disney California Adventure Wine and Wine Event. Now that the second one has an H in it. So this is your opportunity to drink some great wines from around California during the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival and meet and greet with Disney Imagineers and executives and share your ideas. And uh, Amazing. Tell them what they should do. They will prov- they'll get you liqueured up and then give you a face to talk at. Yes, and then there's going to be <laughs> a uh, keynote speech from Bob Chapek, who um, is going to speak on a number of quote-unquote possible future plans, including... A return of Horizons and a third park at Disneyland. Ah, amazing! I uh, I read you guys' article and I loved it, and it inspired an idea that I had been toying around with when they started the particularly the monorail loop, and um, it would be a Disney Mountain uh, three course soup buffet where you you go through the queue, you you ladle up a trough of soup, and you get on splash. Big Thunder and Space and eat your soup while you ride. <laughs> it is scolding hot and they give you one one bib per person. <laughs> I like that. That sounds fun. That sounds probably a little bit more ridiculous than ours if you can believe it. It might be. Um, and then the last one we had was the Disney Parks Ultimate Pin Trader Package where you can reserve a special table at Disneyland or Magic Kingdom to lay out your pins and trade them. You get unlimited uh, beverages, ice-cold water, and other soft drinks. And, most of all, VI pin access to cast member lanyards with extra hidden Mickeys. (laughs) Um, Does it also get you, like, security protection for when people call you creepy? Um, No, unfortunately. You guys remember that, right? I don't Disney, know. <laughs> was it was it Disneyland or Disney World? One of the parks started removing the pin trader tables, and then somebody asked—I can't remember if it was at shareholder meeting or something—why uh, oh, they were removing the shareholder meeting. 
shareholder meeting. They asked Bob Iger, like, why are you removing the pin trader tables? And basically his answer, because, like, the feedback we got from other guests was that it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking maybe maybe the pin traders package came out of an idea presented at the wine and wine event. Oh. <laughs> that would probably make sense. Um, but in all seriousness, um, we, as I kind of alluded to, Doobie and I did a, uh, a feature on the site, which we call Your Argument is Invalid, where we kind of debated about all these upcharges. And I think the biggest thing that annoys me when I see people respond to these is that they don't even bother to, first of all, read what it is. And well, they that's keep saying, everything these days, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I, I'm writing a book about it. Um, but they just say, oh, you know, Disney just keeps nickel and diming me. No, they're not nickel and diming you. They're nickel and diming people who are willing to pay for this stuff. Nothing's being taken away from you. You don't have. Also, to do I don't think things. any of these things cost a nickel and a dime. I think this it's more like several a nickels and several dimes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if they raise the price of a Dole Whip by a nickel, and if they raise the price of a Mickey Premium Bar by a dime, they're definitely nickel and diming me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start paying for these premium events in nickels and dimes when I make my reservation. <laughs> This Why is what this I think of you up. and your upcharge I'd, event. I'd like to pay with my sprinkles and dimes from my money bin. So in any case, that is the... Well, do you guys agree? Sorry, do you that think, is... Like, Doobie's point was that he feels like some of these events, especially the ones like the... You know, oh, we forgot to mention the uh, <laughs> the testing the... Uh, premier or premier preferred rather um parking i know they trusted it at magic oh. or at the walt disney world earlier i don't know if it's still going but then yeah, right still now go- it's on at all four parks it's still going and i have to say i've used it because as an annual pass holder it's it's 15 dollars um i've used it when being you know pressed for time and i actually we used it when we were park hopping so it's actually for us the same cost as that bus but we can drive ourselves uh but we don't have to we don't get to skip security but it was actually really worth it, um, especially like at Animal Kingdom when by the time we got there, we would have been parking in like one of the last five rows. And since Fanboy doesn't like to tram, we would have been walking through that parking lot. And instead, we were like just beyond where wheelchairs park. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think Magic Kingdom is the only park that it's really not worthwhile because you still have to uh, build or transport. Yeah. yeah. But so Doobie's point about that was that you're – it does, even though you're not, you don't need to participate. It still does diminish your experience because you keep seeing people that are, you know, getting it better than you. Thing about it though is when I when I worked there, these parking spaces, and I don't know if they got rid of AAA Diamond preferred parking. Yeah, because they're not a sponsor anymore, or whatever. Okay, so AAA Diamond parking basically became preferred parking because these spaces, like the area of Animal Kingdom that you park, that used to be AAA Diamond. Um, at Magic Kingdom where you park, that was their AAA Diamond. I think the only area that's not the original AAA Diamond is Epcot. Um, Epcot took away some of the closest parking spots and made it preferred, where AAA Diamond, which was down by the shelter, I think is now like cast member extra parking. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, to me, they didn't... What what happened was they just didn't give those parking spaces back to Degas, and now it's obviously on the menu board that you can see that that's an option. Whereas before, you had to know if you were a AAA Diamond member that this was a perk of yours. Show them your card and be told where to go. Right. I think it's a bigger deal at land where, you know, they already famously have parking issues, and now they're yeah. cutting off the closest lanes. 
which people may or may not purchase, plus mm-hmm. the fact that you still have to take, you know, either have to walk over or take the tram and go yeah. through bag check. So there's yeah, like, and it's, it's only at Mickey and Friends that they're testing it, which yeah, I mean is it I, I it depends how they manage it, right? Like, are they going to just have them empty all day, or if it starts to get you know, will they fill it, backfill it with regular parking people if it starts to fill up? I think they're going to exactly. have to. Yeah. Before they yeah. start spilling over to Garden Walk and the and the convention center, maybe they should fill up the parking spots they have. <laughs> and and I, I wonder if this is, they're testing it before they built the new parking structure. It's not meant so much for Mickey and Friends. Right, and I agree. And what it are they learning test, so that they can institute it? At the, because you Universal's been doing say. it since forever, right? Yeah, because and Universal they, Hollywood has it much um, much better done than Orlando. Well, Orlando has that valet area, but uh, when I was just recently at Universal Orlando, and the guy was like, I highly recommend you upgrade to Preferred. It gets you on the uh, moving sidewalk level. And <laughs> I said no, and I parked basically in the same spot I would have if I had, just one level down. So I had to take one escalator, and that's all it would have saved me for they're 15 bucks whereas at hollywood you can literally park like right in front of the gate and uh that's kind of worth it yeah i mean and at universal studios hollywood it bypasses the whole city walk walk through which yeah uh, you know it saves you a lot of time it really does so well so that's sort of our take on the whole premium experience thing the question. So, I do want to talk a little bit about what happened at Epcot on Monday night. Oh gosh. Okay, I had to think of what it was because it was. <laughs> <laughs> so they built. So they advertised it as to promote Rogue One. They are going to be turning Spaceship Earth into After Hours into the Death Star from Star Wars. Yes, but what everyone okay. read was, "Oh my God, permanent! This is happening. Star Wars is coming to Epcot." The world is over. Walt's vision is destroyed. Right. And, and they probably <laughs> didn't help that they would. They mentioned we're going to be discussing future Star Wars experiences at Disney Parks. Yeah, but they specifically said – they didn't say Disney Parks. They said Disney's Hollywood Studios in the, okay, fair, the Parks blog. Well, fair enough. But I think but, when but people you, think But you, as of, we've already pointed out, people don't read, so. But, but to be fair, when they say Hollywood Studios, when I think of star, future Star Wars experiences coming to Disney Parks, Hollywood Studios, I'm thinking Star Wars Land. Mm-hmm. Not that galaxy far, far away fashion show. Yeah, but yeah. you knew that it was... I, that, I think... I mean, I knew because I know people, but I could see how people... Because every time Disney says they're going to announce something, people run and think that it's going to be... That Bob Iger's going to come out and announce a whole new Star Wars Land Part Two, which is and... interesting because Bo- wasn't Bob Iger there anyway? Like he wasn't at that event, but he was in Orlando, or was it? Yeah, yeah he isn't. He was in Orlando, but I don't know that he was at the event or not. Yeah, the entire thing was just blown out of proportion from the very beginning. People, either one way or the other, people either freaked out and thought it was going to be the worst thing ever because of what it stood for on Walt's birthday, turning. <laughs> you know the icon of this park into into a weapon of mass destruction, and then you had people on the other side saying, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be the coolest thing ever," and thinking that it was going to be these huge announcements. And I'm like, 
No, they're announcing if it was but going to be a bigger time, deal, they would announce it more than three days in advance. <laughs> every time Disney says we're going to make an announcement, people get crazy. They think that like they get these blue sky things, and that Disney's going to announce a new park. Disney's going to announce these big new attractions, and it never happens like that. Yeah, they probably should have. I mean, they've they only broke ground on Star Wars then. How long ago? They're not going to announce like an opening date or anything. They just got around opening to giving us a season for Pandora to open. So, I, yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, it's almost like Disney it, shouldn't it, announce that they're going to make an announcement because even well, with that's the just expo, foolish anyway. people pe- people think every time at the expo Disney's going to announce something ridiculous, and they're always disappointed. Well, in part, what was funny about like at Destination D, the like, the programming block um, specifically called out like one of the events was like a five minute special announcement from Disney Home Entertainment, and um, I think they weren't. I think Disney Home Entertainment jumped the shark and released the like information that Pinocchio was coming in January uh, before they were supposed to because it was now common knowledge. So everyone that I was talking to was like, "It's got to be Song of the South." Like, why? Why else would they make this like? <laughs> Five minute announcement, and I'm like, it's not going to be as long as the song of the yards. Um, and then it was just like, oh, we're so excited for Pinocchio, and everyone was like, we know that it's coming. Yeah, I mean, I think really what this was, like I said, they announced it only a few days before the actual event. That should have been clue one that it wasn't going to be a huge deal. It was they've been working super overtime to try. I think they're freaked out about Rogue One since it's kind of uncharted territory and you know although the pre-sales have broke records haven't they uh maybe but i don't want to say broke records it's not it's it's number two to force awakens which was all no one expected it to be force awakens numbers right but bob Iger did say they were going to spend more on marketing rogue one because they had to educate people as to what it was it's not just episode eight episode nine and that's why they're releasing so many clips and that's why you know and then they did have the bad press about the reshoot so i feel like they're really overcompensating for that and so you know let's give it a little boost let's do this event and someone said well this movie has a death star in it you know what it looks like the death star (laughs) hey why don't we make it look like the death star here's what i think happened synergy said because normally for these movies they do screenings like Moana they did a screening at um, a series of screenings at the beach of the Polynesian for Peach Dragon they did a screening at Fort Wilderness so they always do you know Synergy always does events for each movie because they couldn't show Rogue One they said what can we do remembering that they turned Spaceship Earth into Mike Wazowski not too long ago they said, oh, we'll just turn Spaceship Earth into the Death Star. And it'll just be this quick thing and whatever. And then we'll the folks at stuff. Disney Parks <laughs> then the folks at Disney Parks said, oh, well, let's talk about the Star Wars stuff coming. Let's use it as a way to promote our stuff. So then they did, despite the fact that what they had to say was not particularly earth-shattering or breaking. And that's, I think, how it Guess came what? to be. Another upcharge! So a seven-hour so, tour of a park happened. with five hours of attractions. I know what on, I, I, I'm really, really dying to know. What are they filling seven hours with, and are they just going to take you into the Walt Disney uh, exit theater for the attraction, and then show you like a uh, one of the six films at random? <laughs> so, so here's 
here's here's let's go through the event because I think we got to really get, to give the event its full sort of character. We need to go through it. So it starts off with Mark Daniels, who you know is like the sort of MC for all the. He's the face of Disney World now. Right. Like I mean, ambassadors he, who it's Mark. He's Daniels. also he also works Star Wars Celebration. He's like the warm up guy. Yeah. He's a warm up guy for American Idol experience. I think he was one of the judges at one point. Oh, we should Which also. I have to say before we started tonight. I sort of felt like, uh, for listeners, this must be like going to the American Idol experience and not getting the usual judges. Yeah. We should also say that you can relive this entire event on our live blog that Fanboy made us do. <laughs> that, that Doobie made us do, I'd like to say. That Doobie made us do. Yeah. Will he um, listen to I'm like at dinner so freaking out case. that I'm not going to be home in time, and then <laughs> we live blog. <laughs> well, we didn't know what it was. So, in any case... So Mark Daniels comes out, gets the party party started, right? Shows a clip. Uh, well, I should say shows like a teaser for Rogue One, right? Like I don't want to say I don't know if it was new or not, but you know one of those two minute clip show things. Brings out Michael Roddy, who is the Disney Creative Entertainment Star Wars guy, and he talks about upcoming Star Wars experiences at Disney parks. So the first thing he talks about is Star Wars Launch Bay. Which has brought in props from Rogue One. The day before. Which we already covered like a week and a half ago on Laughing Plays. Then he talks about how the troopers the, the troopers from Rogue One are being added to that Galaxy Far, Far Away show, which happens like during the day, and it's really bad. It's the Star Wars fashion show. I didn't even yeah, know Star what Wars it fashion. was when he said it. <laughs> like I thought he was about to announce that they're just adding clips of Rogue One to the fireworks show because that would have made way more sense. Yeah, and then he announced so, and then he goes on and says the fireworks show that was supposed to not run through the whole Christmas season because Jingle Bell Jingle Bam Jingle Bam um, kick it up a notch. So, but he basically says from December sixteenth through the thirty first, we're going to have two fireworks shows at Hollywood Studios a night. Ooh. Which has just got to make those operations people smile ear to ear. Yeah, because where do you put the people waiting for the second show when the first show occupies your entire park? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. At least uh, Hollywood Studios actually might have might have capabilities for that, unlike Disneyland, which is still still wondering about. Maybe that. maybe they'll flip flop them. Are they doing two Fantasmics? Because they can basically say like, if you're here for the second fireworks show, go see the first Fantasmic. If you're here for the first fireworks show, go see the second Fantasmic. Well, I was thinking maybe and they just, just play them back to back, like a yin yang. Just like Merry Christmas, like Star Wars. I will say, I will say that. Oh, are they doing? They're doing Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, and the Star Wars show. No, that's what I'm saying. Like they could do them back to back if they really wanted. I thought they meant that. Like they I'm sure that's what they mean. Show. I'm sure that they're <laughs> different okay. show times. But if, if they are back to back, I for one would say I'll just stay in place. Yeah, just like the you know on Fourth cool. of July, they have an extra tag to the fireworks Disneyland. Yes, I would watch that show twice in a row. Not gonna lie. So. So in any case, um, that happened, right? And and then he talks about this four-hour tour for um, seven. I'm sorry, seven. Sorry, seven-hour seven. tour. That's Star Wars. Which I thought he was joking. Pri- <laughs> I literally was like, "Oh, seven-hour tour." I thought maybe he was. It's a tour like, for each episode. I thought he was trying to make like a Gulligan. Uh, what is that show called? Gilligan's Island, and and failed mm-hmm. like 
accidentally said seven instead of three. But no, he was serious. So it, it includes access just um, to Star Tours. The One of the high, of most highly demanded Path of the, the Jedi. Now, I will say, if it if it includes like you get into one Star Wars pod or Star Tours pod, and you get all of the destinations and character account encounters in like one glorious thirty minute ride, I would pay for that. Yeah, don't hold your breath. So, just for the record, I looked it up. It appears that Jingle Bell Jingle Bam is at six forty five, and Star Wars: A Galactic Spectacular is like nine thirty or ten thirty. Okay. Oh, okay, so they are starting this right now with the new show to promote Rogue One. Okay. but So at least that's on the 16th. I don't know if it's going to change later on. Maybe the seven hours is because each tour guest goes on Star Tours individually so they can be the Rebel Spy. Yeah, ah. But and, no one will see you or be able to prove that it was you. So, and then it includes, like, if you're young enough, if you're of appropriate age, you get to be participate in the Jedi Training Academy. While the rest of you just sit there awkwardly. And watch yeah. other people's children participate in the Jedi Training Academy. Then it includes dinner at Backlot Express. Mmm. But Star and Wars Star Wars dishes. Star Tours dessert party. Mmm. But isn't the now, quick service fair, supposed to have Star Wars theming? I'm sorry? Isn't the, the even food? though it's quick service, it's supposed to be Star Wars themed, I believe. Well, and that's right, already like the restaurant chicken and waffles. And right, like that. that's already the restaurant with the Star Wars inspired menu, anyway. Okay, I didn't know if it was going to be special. Now stuff, maybe no. maybe they do have something special. Maybe they're going to serve you blue milk or something. I also haven't been there in two years, so I wasn't hundred percent sure of that. So showing and my it also, uh, lack of knowledge. It also <laughs> includes a dessert, the Star Wars dessert party, and then obviously the fireworks show. It's $129 per person and it will be offered on Mondays and Saturdays. Not Mondays through Saturday, Mondays and Saturdays. So, from what it sounds like with that description, it sounds like it's not actually like a guided tour the whole entire day. It sounds like during between a seven hour span, you probably meet at these designated times on the lanyard they give you for these different things. I don't know. And in between, it's. No, so it's, I, I, think, I think it's with a. No, because it has a tour guide. So okay. I think they probably drop you off at the dessert party. I think you're going to do like all the way through that. You're with the guide, trivia okay. and other stuff going into it. Maybe they'll have like a special area or something. Maybe you'll watch extra I'm clips surprised. or something. I'm surprised they wouldn't have like a bunch of character meet and greets from that Star Wars fashion show. Like after the show wraps up, like you get a uh, you know go in. Well, there's got to be more to it, right? Because like this is not seven hours worth of stuff. Right. I'm so glad to meet you. And and oh, back really? in the day, back when there was Star Wars Weekends was a thing, they did offer something similar to this. They offered like a VIP tour, which yeah, is but much that more was expensive. But that also, you know, there was there were extra things happening throughout the park's daily operation to consume your time. You know what I mean? Like that came with reserved seating at like you know multiple or several events, and then. Um, you know, I mean, that was that was quite different. There's no Star Wars weekend type activities happening here, so unless they're going to take you into like a, a theater space and just show you video content or have like a really lengthy meet and greet experience, I can't I can't see how this can add up to seven hours. I don't either, but 
unless you're doing star tours like five times in a row and getting to see everything there is to see. You get to watch the construction of the You got me. Yeah. A hard hat tour. (laughs) No, no, no. You just sit up on a hill and watch them. Yeah. You can see that from the parking lot, actually. Well, the drive-in. So if you stand in the middle of the road and risk your life, you can just stand and watch it all day. So in the end, and then finally, or should say, you know, at some point, Michael Roddy also says that randomization's returning to Star Tours, which was announced, like, because the, the, the own, always going to Jakku was announced as, like, a temporary thing. It right. lasted a year. So um, that's coming back in mid-December. But as Bob, as Bob Chapek announced at Destination D, scenes from Star Wars Episode Eight are coming in 2017, and presumably at that point it will stop being random again so that you can experience that. Another no-duh yep. announcement. Right. Especially since it had already been announced. But even that was... Although I do hope <laughs> Everybody that they, clap and cheer. I hope that they don't, like, ab- since they're advertising that it's randomized again, that um, when Episode 8 content comes, that it's random, because, you know, people really want to see that. They don't want to have to write, like, 13 times to get the new, new destination. Yep. Yep, yep. So, okay, so they talk about it. Then they... Um, they introduce Mads Michelson, is how I'm going to pronounce it. Yes, and he flew um, up, he flew there awfully fast because I just saw him Sunday in San Francisco, and then he's there Monday, fresh as a daisy. Who Disney fans will remember as Cassilius and Doctor Strange, trying to get all the franchises in. Exactly, and so that's why he is now he sold his soul to Disney. So they're like, you will fly from San Francisco I am, to, to Orlando. I'm really surprised they didn't fly Alan Tudyk out instead, actually, because he is like the Disney guy now. Yeah, I wonder if he's busy. I don't know. Maybe he's recording his work for uh, Wreck It Ralph too. Yeah, they could be. Well, didn't they kill off his character? They'll find a way. It's like John Ratzenberger. That's true. I or guess life. it is a video game, so there could be multiple King Candies. So, uh, and he brings a scene from Rogue One, um, whoop-de-doo, and then suddenly the music gets menacing, and stormtroopers and these Imperials come aboard and say they're going to demonstrate the full power of their ultimate weapon. What are they called, though? The the advanced... That's troopers. Well, yeah, I know that, but what, what name did Disney give them? What name did you oh. give them? They're like the Advanced something or others. Oh, the Advanced so, Weapons Research Division. AWR Troopers. Can I point out something cool about that clip that they showed, by the way? Yes. Yeah. And if you if you uh, didn't see the clip um, and you want to skip forward a minute uh, to avoid any spoilers, that's fine. Um, so Gareth Edwards uh, at the press conference was talking about subtle ways that he was trying to bring you back into the world of A New Hope without you really realizing what they're doing. And so that particular shot, Mads Michelson's character is dressed all in white, surrounded by black stormtroopers, and that is one of the first shots in the movie. Um, in... A New Hope, the first characters that you see, uh, like human characters other than R2-D2 and C-3PO within like a minute of after the scrawl, it's a black uh, cloaked figure with white stormtroopers, Darth Vader. And so they inverted the color scheme for that moment and tried to kind of almost pay homage to it. It's kind of cool. It's fascinating. It is. So, um, 
They show the clip. So anyway, the Imperials say that they're ships, and so they they demonstrate the power of this battle station. Fully armed and operational. They basically added like a divot to Spaceship Earth, and a laser shoots out of it and which kill, uh, and and kills the Universal Globe. Which, if you've um, ever if you've ever ridden Spaceship Earth and heard about like you know the the achievements of mankind and the the peacefulness of the future and all these things was kind of a shocking image to see I have to say like I kind of was filled with I had no problems I had no objections with the concept of what they were doing but seeing that moment of Spaceship Earth firing a missile towards uh, Mission Space uh, kind of filled me with anxiety and then that's a wrap right so basically they did exactly what they said they were going to do yes although I will say like you know had I been there in person I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. Like, it was probably really a sight to behold in person. I did have a lot of friends who were there and posting it on Facebook, and their their reactions to seeing it live was that it was, like, one of the coolest things they've ever seen. So I'm guessing I heard it was better. I mean, it had to be better in person. Yeah, I'm sure it just didn't convey as well on... Because everyone who I was... Yeah, because everyone I talked to was there. I was like, wow, that was so cool. And I go... It didn't read well on the webcast. Yeah, it looked like there was like a weird shadow on part of it, and then the actual part that was supposed to look like the Death Star just looked like a divot in the <laughs> in the golf ball. Yes, but there was no like actual texturing like you saw in like the concept art. Like it looked like they were trying, but it looked like it was off or something. Like all you saw was a couple of like dark lines. Well, I noticed the camera kept, like, changing angles a little bit, so I think, like, even they could see, like, oh, this doesn't look quite right, and trying to figure out which way it would make, would make it look best. So, in any case, is this a, was this a bad thing? Was it a good thing? Was this you know, matter? I mean, honestly, I think, um, I mean, I watched it live on Facebook, and it did seem to have a lot of reaction, although I was watching the little faces scroll by at the bottom, and there were a lot of angry faces, and I'm not sure... You know, unless everyone was feeling the anxiety I was, I'm not sure why there was so much anger about it. Or maybe it was people felt like they wasted their time watching it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the, the pictures themselves are pretty cool. I think Spaceship Earth, it, it, not everybody may have seen it in person or might know exactly what it is or what it stands for, but they know that that's part of Disney World because you see that image in so many of the marketing uh, materials. And so I think, I think like, the social media aspect of it is probably really good for Rogue One's box office numbers and and level of interest, you know? When people see that, they'll think, oh, that's so cool. And then, your average person, not necessarily your your, uh, Disney purist. And then, you know, I'm I'm sure it accomplished what they really wanted it to do on the synergy side, which is, uh, increase awareness and interest in Rogue One. Yeah, I think it just got blown out of proportion when people... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, I almost wish they wouldn't have announced anything about it other than, hey, there's a special Star Wars-themed Parks blog event from this time to this time. Sign up now, and uh, you Star Wars fans, tune into our live stream or whatever. Like, had they done that, the reception probably would have been a little bit different. But as Fanboy said, they kind of over-advertised what it was, and they told you exactly what was going to happen. And they delivered exactly that, and nothing really to wow you beyond that. I wasn't bitter that I watched it. I was bitter that we had a live blog it, but that was it. <laughs> wow. I feel like 
now I can't say we're going to be live blogging the Rogue One premiere. Which we're going to be doing. <laughs> well, no, Doobie wanted to do that too. No, I, I think it was probably, <laughs> in case of it was something, it was just funny that you were like, I'm like, I know this is going to be nothing, but we also need to cover in case there is something we need to be ready so i understand it was just kind of funny like that's what for me was like yeah maybe this was overhyped because because of the attention we gave it when it was when you back up you're like okay it was never supposed to be something i was i didn't expect the full lead up like i kind of thought that that segment would have happened quicker after moana on the beach i expected a longer lead up well that was a that was quite the pre-show, wasn't it? So, uh, for anybody who who doesn't know, when when uh, Synergy did these Moana screenings at Polynesian for they did one night for Vacation Club, uh, one night for um, annual pass holders, I think, or what was no, the... it? Was a, it was one night for Vacation Club, one night for the D twenty three event, and then one night for Parks Blog. Parks Blog. So I went to the D twenty three event night, and it was supposed to start at seven thirty. Moana the movie began at eight eight thirty probably and it was an hour of trivia and clips most of which pertained to moana and trailers for other disney movies <laughs> and all hosted by um the face and voice of disney world now um whose name escapes me but fanboy mark knows daniels. mark daniels it, should mark daniels be an lpp homie yeah you know me um yeah, I mean, really, they need to just stop having ambassadors because they've got Mark Daniels. Like, now when I see the, the ambassadors somewhere, I'm like, oh, Mark Daniels wasn't available. Hmm. At least for media events. I know they do a lot for, for cast members, but, um, you know, it used to be, like, when you do something like this, you'd be like, and the Walt Disney World ambassador or ambassadors, and now it's just Mark Daniels. Well, I think we're, are we, Kyle, you're, are you timing us? Yeah. It's Where are we like at? Hour 20. Uh, we got 10 minutes to kill. We're, we're a 90 minute podcast. Oh, I, you guys really go two or three. <laughs> we're no longer, I know I was going to say we're no longer a two hour podcast. I know. We're, we're, tr- we're trying to, we're trying to uh, be a little bit more economical for everybody. We're no longer a Mountain View commute co- podcast? Yeah. Well, we did. But, we skipped over Jingle Bell Jingle Bam, which I think we can all agree is a really dumb name for a fireworks show. But did you guys get a chance to see that? We did, and um, I have to say, like, so I, we saw it on the first night, not really having any preconceived notions of of what it was, and or or what it would be, really, other than it be Christmassy themed and use the same technology as Star Wars. It um, it has some really cool moments, particularly, you know, they do the same snow thing that you see everywhere else, but the snow with the lasers really is pretty cool. Um, and if you have, if you go on YouTube, you can see videos of it, and it, it really is impressive, just the visual that comes out of that, those two simple effects paired together. Um, as a show, I felt like, from watching it the first time, that it really loses its way very quickly. It starts off very high energy, then goes into very slow and mellow, and then it goes to Nightmare Before Christmas, and not the Christmas parts of Nightmare Before Christmas, but the Oogie Boogie song. And then back to Christmas, and then a high energy finale, and um, so it could be Jingle Bam, Jingle Bell instead. It definitely could. You could reverse reverse those. No, for no. Sure. I think people misunderstand. I think people are, are they don't. If you haven't seen Prep and Landing, Naughty versus Nice, Jingle Bam is like their exclamation. So it's not like it's not. For, people are presuming it's just because of the fireworks. I mean, I'm guessing it's yeah. part of it, but it's also tied to the whole Prep and Landing theming of the show. It is. Jingle Bam is like their their 
hooray or something. So would you say um, that the show but, is tinsel? This show was this show was tinselly. Um the but at the Destination D event they did have the show designer come out and kind of talk about it and hearing him actually talk you through uh his kind of creative decisions it made a lot more sense. I still heavily disagree with the amount of Nightmare Before Christmas and by that I mean the nightmare aspects of it um in this Christmas show. Uh but it, it it has a story which I feel is very easily lost because uh, there is so much to see. You're not just looking at the Chinese theater and up in the sky, but also the buildings to the side of it and the trees. And so it's easy to lose this story about the elves trying to find Santa. Um, and especially like the whole snow globe portion just completely loses its way. So they're looking for Santa in all of his uh, snow globes, but then those snow globes just become montages from Disney movies and not necessarily Disney Christmas or winter movies. There's an awful lot of Mulan in there and I don't even think they celebrate Christmas in China. Um, and then it's, it's just, it's just bizarre. Like it, it has these moments where it just really loses its footing and but it also has moments that make it worthwhile. Yeah. So since you were at the event, I know that you know the answer of why they did it. But were you at all thrown off by the Orlando references that they put in there? You know what? I actually caught them. I said to Fanboy that you know I realized I said they kept saying Orlando. They didn't say Disney World. They went out of their way to say Orlando, and I've never heard them do that before. And so I said to Fanboy, I was like, I guarantee you that is to like pay honor and respect to you know the events that happened recently. And then you know when the the designer was talking about it, he kind of stopped for a moment and got somber and said, you know, there's things that we don't like to talk about that recently happened in Orlando and we wanted to incorporate that and, and celebrate it. And so there's a line in there that it gave me goosebumps when I saw the show first, but then when he talked about it, like my eyes got a little watery and I felt the chills all over. And Santa says something like, as long as there are, as long as there's like hope, there will always be family and friends in Orlando or something like that. Yeah, I had a friend who I had I explained to him afterwards, but one of the things he said after seeing it was like, I felt like he didn't quite get that feeling from it. He was just like, did the Orlando like tourism board get their hands on this or what? And I kind of explained, no, actually, it was uh, supposed to be like a sweet thing to help you through this hard time. He's like, oh, I, I didn't get that. <laughs> no, and it was it was very it was very I liked it. I was I was touched by it. Yeah, but I did think that was interesting that they could, I've never really heard. I mean, they. I guess the people say that laymen say that Disney World's in Orlando, but Disney doesn't really like say it very often. Right. Yeah, they, they like to to be their own, like, Buena Vista entity. And even, you know, Disneyland, they never say, like, in sunny Anaheim, those are the out-of-park uh, knockoff shirts. The in-park stuff is all, no, you're at Disneyland. You yeah, but even that, I feel like they celebrate Anaheim more than Disney World celebrates Orlando. Oh, totally, yeah. Well, so but it was it was it was nice. So I think uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Well, can we talk we about one are... more nighttime thing though? On oh, the other coast, I don't know if you guys have. I don't remember the last time you've been to Disneyland, but have you seen the new World of Color? I have not. No. So. Okay. I, I, I could talk a little bit about that. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was. I know Winter Dreams. I enjoyed the first year, um, but the second year, I guess it got frozen overload, and I don't think I actually saw that one. But this, I thought it was cute. I like the idea that they were using, you know, classic uh, Christmas songs, but adding Disney clips to them. Um, so overall, I enjoyed it. There's one scene in particular that's a lot of fun. 
and it kind of needs it because it does drag a little bit at the beginning. It's a little slow, but then there's this great, you know, where they use all the fire. And uh, for a time, I was like thinking it focuses too much on the water screens and showing clips of things and actually being about the fountains. So they kind of made up for that as soon as I said that. So uh, I would I would recommend if you guys get a chance before it glows away. Glows away. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to. I've heard good things, so I, I haven't specifically watched it just in case I get a chance to go down there. I think you, you can watch know. it on our Facebook. Uh, we I streamed it live at the time, um, and then it got taken down for a time because there is a cover of "Baby It's Cold Outside" with Michael Bublé and Idina um, Menzel. Yeah, Ooh. and it got pulled because of copyright. And they did change a line in it because they say, say what's in this drink? And instead she says, mm-hmm. say, is that a wink or something like that? Which oh, I thought was pretty out, humorous. They cut out the, the part where he date rape drugs her. Yeah, basically. And you had to spell <laughs> it out like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what that song is about, let's be honest. But I think I restored it. So it might be up there, but I'm sure you can find it elsewhere if not. And, uh I think it's on YouTube too, right? Yeah, it's in on YouTube. theory, but I mean, oh, like I said, it does because of that song. People have been getting copyright strikes, so I don't know if uh, yeah, but uh, but it, YouTube doesn't copyright. They they just they, don't allow advertising. Yeah, they simply take away your your ability unless to unless someone profit. complains and they'll pull it. But yes, yeah, but I'm sure Michael Bublé is happy to get the three dollars from our video. But Adele Dazim might not be. Mm. So in any case, looking forward to next week. We're going to talk a little bit more about Rogue One. I can't Whatever wait for Disney Rogue Park two. surprises us between now and then. Um, maybe a little bit about the holidays at Disney Springs. And uh, uh, don't forget, we will be live blogging at 5 Pacific time on Saturday. The world premiere of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And... We don't Can I just quite ask you know... guys real quick? Do do you prefer Rogue One, a Star Wars story, or did you like it originally when it was like the Star, Star Wars, Wars anthology? anthology? I prefer oh, yeah. Star Wars anthology. Me too. Infinitely. Okay, as long as we're all in agreement. I, I do not care. Okay, fair enough. I will just call it Rogue One, as I have. A, a Star Wars story makes me think it's a soap opera. Yeah. Well, it is a space opera. No, it's a, yeah, I guess it is. Oh. Yes, it is. All right, so, I'll stop interrupting now. So, and we don't quite know if we're going to ch- get a chance to see Rogue One before it's released, but if we do, check out Alex's review of Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. And until, I have not seen it yet, so this will be fun to write. Yeah, so you can you can see the other eighty minutes of it or whatever it ends up being. Can't wait. And um, until then, any final words from anyone assembled? Um. If you mix a couple drops of uh, blueberry uh, whole juice or whatever from the grocery store into your milk and mix it up, you can make really gross blue milk. Yay. Kyle? Um, I just want to say goodnight to Dory and Nima. Aw, they are, they are definitely asleep right now. <laughs> That's why they've been so quiet for the past hour. So oh, anyway, also, we hope I to want be... to say... I, told, I promised I wouldn't interrupt you again, and there I go. Um, I no, I wanted to say hi to the audience, and thanks for uh, including me in this new endeavor, and I hope it works out, and I hope that they embrace me. I'm sure, I'm sure they, they will. They will. I hope, to, to know you is to love you, Kyle. And I'm sorry <laughs> if it sounds awful, <laughs> like audio-wise, but I promise we will get better. And 
Um, we hope to be back next week. If not, we'll be hopefully be back the next week after. And if not, just keep hoping. I bet eventually... you in April we said we'd be back real soon. <laughs> exactly. So until next time, um, may the force be with you. And have a magical day. <laughs>